Hello, welcome to the Lean of Plants podcast. My name is Chelsea, and if you are struggling to lose weight on a plant-based diet, then this podcast is for you. While there are thousands of books, podcasts, and resources about the benefits of a plant-based diet, the reality is that being vegan does not guarantee losing weight. If you are feeling frustrated and confused about where to start, or you know exactly what you should be doing, but you just can't seem to rustle up enough willpower to do it, then keep listening. In this podcast, you'll learn the truth about plant-based weight loss, but just as importantly, how to use proven methods of behavioral change to turn what you know into lifelong habits that lead to getting and staying lean. Can't wait to get started. Let's do this. Hello, welcome to the podcast episode. We're going to be talking about something that is very close to home. It's something that we don't like to admit is a problem, but most of us experience every single day. And that is how to deal with this impatience that we have, that we are not at that goal that we want to be, that we are not there yet. We do not look the way that we want to. Our habits aren't the way that we want them to be. We are struggling to keep going because it feels like it's too far until we reach that goal. It's too hard. It's too long. It's too hard. We want to give up. And then also how, even if we're not giving up, how do we cultivate gratefulness? How do we feel okay when we look at those photos and we know that we could be better? We know that we still have so far to go. How can we still be appreciative of where we are, but know that we are capable of so much more? It's such a tension, but I think that it's such an important conversation because if we are not addressing these things, first of all, we are going to give up. Because these are strong emotions that are going to come and say, it's too hard, it's not worth trying. It's too uncomfortable, it's too painful to keep going because it's so far, the finish line is just not even in sight, there's no light at the end of the tunnel, so it's not worth carrying on. And then if we, even if we are, if we're not enjoying some of that process, Well, first, it's going to be really hard to keep going, but then what are we missing out on if we're not able to appreciate the passage of time and find gratefulness in our lives, even if we're not at our goal weight or where we want to be, then we are wasting weeks, months, if not years of our lives just telling ourselves that we'll be only happy when we get to that point and I mean, it's not true (laughs) because happiness is not dependent on one little thing, but it, it just means that we're missing out on so much. So let's talk about it today. I've got a couple of thoughts and I, I think this is going to be helpful, helpful for you because these are super actionable and also somewhat mindset things that have helped me in how I view this, not just in weight loss, but in all of the endeavors that I am working towards that I have a lot of impatience with. So there's two main parts to the way that I view this. And the first one is 
just that ability to keep going when it feels uncomfortable and when you have that impatience. That's what we're going to look at first. And then secondly, it's how to cultivate gratefulness and appreciation in that process where you're able to keep going, but actually enjoy that process as well. One of the things that's had the biggest impact on my ability to keep going is the recognition, recognition, recognition is recognizing. <laughs> I do this so early on in the episodes. It's, it gets me every time. It's fail faster. I've got up my wall. I realized at some point that emotions, while strong, do not have to control my actions. I've realized that I can actually not dissect myself from my emotions, but observe my emotions. And when we're feeling like it's too far, the goal is too far, and it's too hard to keep going, that isn't an emotional response that is not necessarily based in reality. I've talked about this lots, but I've dealt with a lot of depression, uh, and I... I get really overwhelmed at times. There's things that I would say trigger me and a feeling of helplessness comes and this feeling like things are too hard. My husband has multiple sclerosis. He uses a wheelchair. Uh, things Sometimes things just feel overwhelming. I think about the next 60 years of my life that I will probably live and I think, how can I do this? Like that's too long. That's too that even that lifespan just feels too far to me when the pain is that great and the only thing that has really helped me to cope in those moments when I do sometimes I don't cope <laughs> let's be honest but when I do I have to realize that that emotion however strong that is is not always going to be there and it doesn't change reality that my reality is the same whether I feel that way or not. And I know that there's so many times that I don't. There's so many times where I feel a great sense of enjoyment and gratefulness and happiness about my life, even though the circumstances are the same. So I like to think of emotions almost like this train that goes through my brain. And as it's going through my brain, I'm standing there at the train station and the train is barreling along it's tooting its horn. It's like, whoop, whoop, all aboard, come aboard the train. And, but I get the choice whether I board or not. Everything is there. The crowd is pushing me to hop on the train. The crowd and everything is set up for me to hop on and then that runaway emotional train to just head off down the tracks for a train wreck. <laughs> but I get to choose whether I hop on. There's all these things pushing me there, but ultimately Am I going to act out of emotions or am I going to accept that they exist but let them wash over me in some way? This doesn't mean that they are lessened. It means that I'm not a slave to them. And I read a book recently called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. It's a fantastic book, but it does have a lot of swearing if you're not into that. Um, Mark Manson wrote the book and one of the key parts of it is accepting that negative emotions and discomfort are a big part of life. We spend so much trying time trying to run away from these negative feelings because they're uncomfortable and if we instead become okay with them and accept them and not try and get away from them, paradoxically they do actually feel better. 
but we're also not going to be so influenced by them because a lot of our decision making is just this very visceral reactive response to pain and then wanting to get away from pain. We we board that emotional train in essence because it's easier to go with the flow of emotions because we've done that so many times. That's our default. As uncomfortable as, as that is, it's easier to go down that route than it is to say no. But if we are able to identify those emotions but not over identify with them not think that because I feel sad I must act out of sadness then we start to choose a different response and become again in control of our responses I don't believe that we really have that much control over our emotions I think we have influence over them but there are so many times where I'm like I there is nothing I can do to feel happier But I can do something that gets me acting in the way that is in accordance with my values, even though I feel crappy at the same time. And then that helps me to start moving in the direction that I want to do. So winning over the long run and overcoming just being a slave to our emotions is really about choosing to act in accordance with a particular set of character traits or identities that we want to cultivate that have nothing to do with emotions. Recognizing first of all that they play a role but then choosing to act in accordance with something that is a higher value than just what's happening chemically with our brains in that moment. One is circumstantial, one is something that we have control and influence over and that is really the ability to act out of identity rather than emotion so one of the things that I think about often is who I want to be as a person the kind of character traits that I want to have and there's people that I look up to and there's people that I want to be like and I know that one of the the biggest values that these people have is that they persevere when it's tough this has been something that I have admired for an extremely long period of time I grew up reading books like Corrie Ten Boom who uh, was an Auschwitz survivor in uh, the second world war she went to a concentration camp in Auschwitz and The mental fortitude of someone like that, that can go through such an ordeal and then forgive the people that were persecuting her and help others and not just be a slave to just the heaviness and the despair that was around her and act over and above that, act out of patience and mercy and just all of these things that I just think are just so wonderful and people like Viktor Frankl who went through an ex- a similar experience and realized that the only thing that couldn't be taken away from him in the camps was his ability to choose his response and Stephen Covey who wrote the book which is one of my favorite books and which is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People he talks about how in uh, Viktor Frankl's book Man's Search for Meaning he was able to choose a proactive response. This is where this idea of proactivity comes from, where you are being totally influenced by just your emotions or just the things that are going um, on around you. You act out of 
what you want to do or who you want to be and that that is what gives you ultimately the freedom that no one can ever take away from you circumstances cannot emotions cannot these are all things that act upon us but we get to choose our response and he goes so far as to say that responsibility is the ability to respond response ability and that we have ability to choose what we do no matter how strong emotions are no matter what kind of circumstances happening around us so when I think about who I want to be it is someone who is able to go through pain go through discomfort and keep going that is the hallmark of the people that I admire they are able to go when the going gets tough so identity wise I start to think of myself as like, I want to be that. So in these circumstances where things are difficult, I have more of a motivation to keep going because I I recognize that that's a character trait of the kind of person that I want to be. And one of the character traits of people who are successful for weight loss and really anything, and I'm realizing this more and more, is patience. Patience is a virtue that is so underrated in our society today because we can get everything immediately we feel bored we get to pick up our phones we want to watch an entire Netflix series and all this all the episodes after can't even remember what they're called season one season two season season three we can pretty much watch all of them back to back to back without ads at what time in history has that been the case if we want food We can open up apps and get food delivered to us. We are so primed to think that we can have things when we want them yesterday. So cultivating patience is something that is counter to what we have experienced. But if we want to go through these, really to do anything that is worthwhile doing, that to do anything that's going to take some time and effort involved and some sacrifice, then we're going to have to become patient people. And I keep hearing this phrase. It's from a lot of uh, people that I admire online, people who are in business, people who are in personal development. And that is that if you can be patient over the long term, then you will beat out everyone else. And I know it's not a competition, but again, identity comes into this because for me, like full disclosure, I'm a three on the Enneagram. I don't know if you're into the Enneagram or not. I know a lot of people love it and I know a lot of people hate it. I found it helpful to understand myself more and also understand Nick. But one of the things that I've realized about myself is that being successful is incredibly important to me. And so for me, I want to be more successful than other people. I want to feel, it's not even that I want to be more successful. I want to feel successful because that's what gives my life a lot of meaning. That's an intrinsic motivator for me. So if I hear this and I know, you know what, if I can be patient and if I can keep going in spite of difficulty, then I'm going to be able to win in the long run. Then that gives me a, a motivator or a character trait that I want to cultivate because that's something that successful people do. And That's what I want to impart to you as well with this episode is that patience is a huge part of this. And if you are able to be someone who says, you know what, I know that I'm impatient. I know that I struggle to keep going. I know how easy it for me it is to give up, but I'm going to choose to act 
against the emotions that tell me that it's too high that I need to give up and instead choose to act in accordance with this identity that I want to cultivate of being a patient person because that's what successful people do then that will get you to that goal like in some ways it's as simple as this yes you need to know what to do yes you must be in a calorie deficit yes you must get consistent but if you have the patience to keep going on the steps that are leading you closer to that and you just do that day after day you cannot help but succeed so let's At the most foundational level of who we want to be, let's understand that patience is a part of that. So what I want you to think about is what kind of character traits do you want or do you need to get to that goal? Patience is one of them. Being able to stick it out when things are hard, like perseverance. Perseverance is one of them that you're going to need as well. I think if you have those two, you're probably going to be just one. But make a point of valuing and finding ways that you can cultivate value for these character traits that you need to emulate even when your emotions are telling you otherwise. And you get to start saying to yourself, I am someone with patience. I'm going to, even if I don't have it right now, I'm going to act like I have patience. I'm going to act like I have perseverance. What would a persevering person do? What would a successful person do? What are the kind of things that I need to cultivate? And something that I found helpful is just following people and being inspired by the kind of people that I look up to and that I want to be. Reading books from people that I admire. Following people. I follow quite a lot of personal development Uh, pages and people on Instagram and it's so inspiring to me when I see someone like Dave Goggins and I feel like my whole methodology of trying to make things easy and light and enjoyable so that we do them is so counter to him he's all about look him up if you don't know who he is he's been described as the baddest mother ever in the world he's just his catchphrase is stay hard like he he just goes above and beyond and it's kind of cra- it's kind of crazy but like I do find it super inspiring because I'm like that's the kind of person that I want to be I'm going to do everything in my power to make it easier more obvious more attractive more satisfying because that's how habit change really works and behavioral change works for me to do those hard things but in terms of who I want to be I want to be the kind of person that can do that so In terms of how you keep going, these two things, recognizing emotions don't have to control you, identifying them, but not being swayed by them or not being, not being a slave to them saying, you know what, I feel like crap right now. I want to eat the burger. I want to give up, but those emotions are not going to dictate my behavior I am a patient person. I am a persevering person. I'm going to choose to act out of identity that I want to cultivate, not emotion. Those are how, those are the most basic level of how you keep going when it feels really, really tough. And then when we're looking at how to win every day, how to make this process enjoyable, how to keep going, I think there's four main things that come into that. And the first one is super actionable. And that's just really creating action goals rather than outcome goals. I've talked about this in other episodes. 
But we tend to create outcome goals, which are things like lose 20 pounds, run a marathon, I get to my get abs, I make a million dollars, whatever it is. These are outcomes. But those outcomes are really just a latent measure of our day-to-day habits and millions of little actions that lead to that. Losing 20 pounds is just a latent measure of eating a ton of vegetables and being in a calorie deficit. That's all it is. It's not an outcome. Well, it is an outcome, but it's not something that you get to control just by saying, I want to do it. Running a marathon, you can't, most people can't just go, I, I don't know if anyone can, maybe maybe David Goggins, I don't know, David Goggins, but he's running all the time anyway. But we can't just go out and run a marathon just because we have that goal. We have to do all these little action steps, build up the fitness, build up the mental stamina to be able to go and do that. So outcome goals are results-based. Action goals are things that we have 100% control over. And when we create daily action goals, we get to do something that we know for certain is going to, with patience and perseverance, lead us to that goal. So if you want to run a half marathon, PB, or just even to do that, full stop, that's a result of consistent training. What does that look like on a daily basis or a weekly basis? Something that is much more close to home, something that you can influence and win with today, this week, even if you haven't run that marathon yet. If you want to lose those 20 pounds, that's most likely going to be a result of eating 500 pounds of vegetables so if you want to get there why not just eat two pounds of veggies every day and know that that's the win because that is going to lead you there and spoiler alert it is for for most people this is the most influential habit that you can cultivate when it comes to losing weight because it is the biggest thing that is going to reduce your overall calories is eating a ton of vegetables because it kicks out the calories from other foods and it keeps you fuller so that you are less likely to binge and crave things uh, and it also develops a habit that is going to keep you consistent, okay? So eat a ton of veggies every day. There's this great story in the book Essentialism by Greg McEwan, which is one of my all-time favorite books, and I read it quite a lot. Like, I think I've probably read it three times, and I keep going back to it almost like a manual. And he talks about a story of a friend of his who was a Spanish teacher, and he would tell his students that if they wanted to get fluent in Spanish then they had to picture their picture that like I've got to take out a thousand I don't even know what it was let's just say it was marbles I think it was marbles I've got to take out a thousand marbles out of this bag and the only way that I can remove all the marbles from my bag is that every time I try to speak Spanish and I fail I get to remove a a marble And if I do that a thousand times, the bag will be empty. And at that point, I'll be fluent in Spanish. Why? Because you have to try speaking Spanish badly. You have to fail at it a thousand times or more. But I mean, a thousand is probably a really good place to start for you to become fluent in it. So rather than having this 
outcome goal, which is fluent in Spanish, that makes it so much more actionable and something that you have complete control over because you can just go and fail at Spanish when you try and speak it with someone. You can do that on a daily basis. You can win. You can say, I took out five marbles today or I took out one marble today. And you can do the same thing with your daily habits when you create action goals, especially if they are daily and weekly. Even if you're not getting closer on the scales, you can have 100% assurance that you will get to that goal when you eat this many pounds of veggies. So you can just focus on that. And all these other little tiny things that actually do lead to weight loss. So I kind of think of it as the same way of that bag analogy of the marbles. How many veggies, how many pounds of veggies are between me right now and getting lean? I don't know. Thousands. (laughs) Thousands of broccolis. I don't know. But... I'm going to put my focus not on how much weight I've lost this week or how long it's going to take me to get to 20 pounds lost. I'm going to put my focus on I want to get one of those veggies out of the way. I want to get two of those veggies out of the way. I want to get three of those. I want to focus on that. So you can control your action goals. You can win on a daily and a weekly basis, which is going to predictably get you closer, but you cannot always win outcome goals. They are not really within your control they are mostly influenced by you completing your action goals for example you can hop on the scales a week from now and the scales have gone up for whatever heck in the world knows whatever reason okay it just it might happen even if you've been doing quote unquote everything right and if we focus too much on actions then we we think that that whole week was lost we're so demoralized and we want to give up But what if instead we were like, you know what, I ate my 14 pounds of veggies this week. That's a win. I don't care what the scales say. I know that removing the number of veggies between me and getting lean, it was predictably going to get me to that result. So that's all I'm going to focus on. You make success inevitable by doing the actions over and over and over again. Those actions that have the biggest impact on your goals. You want to run a marathon, you run over and over and over again. You can't just willpower yourself into a marathon. You got to put in the miles. You want to lose the weight. You got to eat the veggies. You got to eat the potatoes. Do it enough times and you get there. I do the same thing with my content. And I tell myself this. Over and over and over because I can't control the outcomes with this. I can't create a viral video. I mean, I can, but I can't engineer that. That's an outcome. If I sit out there to create a viral video, it flops. If I spend like two minutes on an Instagram reel and I nearly don't post it, like I cannot tell you the number of times the things that have been, oh yeah, I'll just post that. Those things are the things that go the most viral. Like you cannot engineer this. So what I have to do is instead of trying to get the outcome of the number of followers or the number of podcast listens or downloads or how many views on a video, the outcome goals, all I put my focus on is what I can do to get those action steps that are going to increase my odds of success. What can I do that takes those marbles out of the bag and it's just creating content. And in that analogy, it's literally just if I po- if I post more videos, if I'm consistent with this, if I just go over and over again and I'm patient and I persevere, I can't help but win. 
because I'm doing the thing that leads to it and I'm going to do it consistently. And you are in the same boat. So focus on action goals rather than outcome goals. Win every day. That's the whole point of this. Number two, get appreciation for your life today. Hallelujah. Amen. We all need this. I've been recently hearing something that I think is actually kind of cool. And it's a bit of a perspective. (laughs) At this point, you're just like, she knows nothing about grammar. It's a perspective shift that comes from someone I really admire. His name is Alex Hormozzi in the business world. And he says that he really struggles to feel grateful. He has a lot of things that he's grateful for, but he struggles to feel it. And I can really identify that with that. I know there's so many things I'm grateful for, but I do struggle in the day-to-day to not just be thinking about where, I, where I'm not. I'm, I'm always struggling to think, you know what, I'm grateful for where I am right now, what I've achieved, what I've, what I've done, my family, my blessings, uh, you know, my marriage, the things that I have, instead of the things that I know that I want to get to, or the things that I know that I don't have that have been taken away. And he tells this kind of interesting story or perspective about thinking about your life in terms of being 80 years old and looking back, but doing that on a day-to-day basis. And it's funny because when you think about the past and you look at an old photo or some old videos, we have this feeling of nostalgia that goes with looking at things that are in the past where we can kind of bypass all of the difficulty and all of the things that we hated in that moment and we just see what shines back as meaningful and beautiful and bright and today my husband showed me a picture of my it was a little video of my daughter Morgan my sisters have horses they have ponies Um, and she was sitting on this pony and she was probably like one or no she could talk so she must have been close to two and she had this cute little curly mullet and she was wearing this little red knitted jumper that my mum made and she she just was the cutest sweetest little thing and I thought about that moment and I realized that I was probably nowhere near to the weight that I'm at now I was probably not super happy in my body then but when I look at that memory, I'm like, I would do anything to go back in time and see my daughter at that age. I would do anything. And it's the same when I think about holding my newborns. Like I felt the worst that I ever have about my body after my pregnancies. But I would do anything to go back and hold them. Even in those moments where I was so tired in the middle of the night and there was milk stains on me and puke stains and it just felt like it felt like those days were never ending but it's so true what they say that the days are long but the years are short and I would so love to go back and experience some of those things that were the hardest in that in those moments because they're gone now they're gone forever I cannot go back and experience those times with my children They are over. So what Alex talks about, which I think is really beautiful, is trying to have that perspective that you are 80 years old, you're looking back on your life, no matter what you have achieved, no matter what you have gained, 
you are going to, or even you don't even have to look that far ahead. When you reach your goal weight, when you feel like you are there, which you're not, okay? You're not ever going to feel like you're fully there. But you will do anything to go back and relive some of the moments that you are living now. So if you can have that perspective and you can go kind of put yourself, reimagine yourself as looking at where you are and knowing that things are going to change. And I've started to do this with looking at my daughters and thinking like, I just think like, huh, like look how little Morgan was, but where she is today, like look how cute she is, look how tiny she is. And the same with Riley, like look at the kind of conversations that we were having, like the ones that we're having today. Like this is where we used to live, this little house that I'm in right now where there's always motorbikes driving past, there's always sirens and I'm sitting in my office and I remember like the funny thing is I can do this for a month, I can do it for a month ago and I can do it for six months ago, it's so hard to do it for today but I'm trying to do it but I think about when this little office that I'm in and when I first started this podcast And there was no carpet on the floor. There was all our renovation, like paints and loose floorboards that were stuffed in here. And there was holes in the walls and the, we had not, we hadn't put the carpet on. So the, the floors had all this paint on them. I don't know if you remember this. Maybe you've been around in my kind of world for a long time, maybe not. But I remember when people would message me on Instagram almost every day because our floors had paint on them because we were mid mid renos and they hadn't been sanded back and repolished. And I think about those days and I remember at the time that I was like, I can't wait until our floors are done. I can't wait until they're shiny and beautiful. And I look and I think back I don't want to, I can't believe I'm crying at this, but I think back to those times and I look back at those photos where there was paint on the floor and the just my, what my kids were like. And I'm like, those were some of the best times. Like they, there was so much beauty in that. And I, I constantly have to remind myself is why I'm finding this framework really helpful, is that we are always going to look back and feel that sense of nostalgia and feel that sense of like bittersweet beauty and loss in the passage of time, no matter how much we hate our bodies today, no matter how much is not perfect and not right today, we are still going to look back at those times, these times today, right now, and wish that we could be back there. When we are 80 years old, we are going to look back with so much joy and bittersweet sadness of what has passed and longing to be back here. So let's get some perspective on the fact that there is beauty in today when we're going to look back on it. So let's enjoy it today. Let's appreciate the things that have got nothing to do with whether we've made it or not. Because that process, the thing is as well, when we look back on that process, when I look back at when I started losing weight and when I first started fitting into some of those those clothes that I had not fit into for a long time and eating more veggies and how that felt and feeling like myself 
for the first time and being able to run more like I look back at those times and I'm like that was so beautiful it's so beautiful in the context of I've arrived but in those moments I knew that I I just wished that I had I just wish that I was there. I just I just wanted it all to be gone and over. But when I look back, that story was was beautiful. And in some ways, there's parts of it that I wish I could go back to. So we've got to start thinking about how we're going to feel about today in 40, 50 years. But start living that right now. So get appreciation for today. That's number two. I don't think I've ever cried in a podcast episode before, but I do have tears in my eyes. <laughs> I I just I just think it's a really cool way of looking at number flip number three this one I think is the thing that has been most helpful for for me personally in appreciation and perspective on not feeling like I'm happy with my body and where I'm at right now uh in those moments where I'm like it's just it I, I just I'm not happy I just want to be leaner I want to have abs I'm not there I've got too far to go I'll never get there the impatience and even just not being able to appreciate my life because I don't feel like I'm there and I, I never really do but I I've been able to get a bit more context about the process of aging and beauty in and of itself and really appreciating the fact that it's not it's not something I want to value so highly and it's helped me so much when I'm feeling bad about myself that I am going to choose to not buy into this idea that we've been sold as women that everyone must be beautiful that beauty is and youth youth comes into this as well are the most important important measuring stick for you as a woman that you must be beautiful and I hope that this is going to come across and that I'm going to be able to do justice to my thought process around this. But we've kind of seen this idea where we've pendulum swing swung from this traditional idea of beauty, which is uh, youth and slimness and uh, no blemishes and all of this kind of thing. And now we've started to incorporate uh, with the body positivity mu- movement uh, stretch marks and how uh, beauty at any size and um, just beauty at any age and uh, beauty like no, no matter what like and in some ways I'm like yeah there's parts of it that I think are helpful but then there's also a big part of it that I it, it frustrates me because I'm like you're still using beauty as the highest value for women you've just changed the standard it's not that it's like okay beauty used to only mean the small group of people and now we've opened it up to mean more people but we've kind of ignored the fact that beauty shouldn't be the standard anyway do you get what I'm saying here like it does it matter so much if we're beautiful Does it really matter if our bodies look flippin' fantastic? Do we really have to look like a queen? Do we really have to be like excessively amazing for our age and youthful? And does it really matter if stretch marks are beautiful? 
Does it really matter if everyone is beautiful? It only matters if we think that beauty is this highest standard that a woman can achieve and therefore we want everyone to achieve that. What I'm going to put out to you is, this is what I believe, is that we've been sold this idea that beauty is so important because it has been for women for so long and it's kind of been the standard which I don't even, I don't think it's been made by women, but it's this kind of the standard and you see it so much in Hollywood where women have this very short shelf life when it comes to acting, where then when they're no longer beautiful and young or as beautiful and young, I should say, then they don't have as long a life in terms of in Hollywood or in the acting world as their male counterparts. I don't want to get into this. Like, this is not, I don't see this as a feminist thing. Like, I'm not trying to, whether you believe in that, whether you believe that's right or wrong, like, whatever. Like, we're not going down that route. All I'm trying to say is that we don't need to have this measuring stick on ourselves that beauty is the most important thing because it is fleeting and it is shallow. And we can't get past that. There was a story that I heard. Uh, I heard this story one time. I want to tell it to you. And it, it really got me thinking about this topic more. And that's probably the reason I've been thinking about it for quite a few years. Um, and it was a little clip from the singer Pink. And she got up and she said it at the Oscars. Or she said, I don't know. I don't watch that thing. I don't even t- have a TV. I, don't, I didn't grow up with a TV. I'm not into this kind of thing. All right. But it was at some kind of celebrity event and she talked about how her daughter had come to her one day and said, mom, I'm, I'm not beautiful. I'm not pretty. And she'd kind of flipped it. And then she'd gone, well, what about this person who is not like traditionally beautiful? Like, look how beautiful they are. Or look at this person um, and look how talented they are. Look how well they can sing. Look how, look how good they are at doing this. And she'd kind of used this as um, this idea that I think in some ways it was like that beauty is not super important or that beauty can be um, subjective. And it, it was really, really celebrated and shared by a lot of people. And it got shared to me. And I can't remember all of it. Maybe I should have reviewed it before I looked at it. I <laughs> used it as an example. But the thing that stood out to me most with that was that the things that were being valued most highly were things that were either fleeting or outside of the person who had them control beauty for the most part is out of our control it is mostly genetic and it is a lot to do with how old we are i'll talk about that a little bit in a second uh talent in terms of being athletic or being able to sing or being really incredibly great at acting or having a really high iq all of those things mostly are gifts they are not really things that we have that much influence over it we certainly can't feel proud about most of them if you happen to be beautiful it's not something that you really get that much pride in it's it's genetic right so all of these things they are either blessings that we have been gifted with therefore not something that we should feel proud about or they are things that are fleeting and are going to fade or they are things that for the most part are out of our control and in a lot of ways can be taken away. And what happens when these things do get taken away, if we've placed so much of our identity in them, 
If we place our idea and we buy into this idea that beauty is the highest value, what happens as we age? And at some point we go, you know what? I either don't believe that no matter what I tell myself, no matter what people online tell me, I do not believe that I am beautiful. What happens then? What happens when we get to a point when maybe objectively we're not Does the world come crashing down when someone is not beautiful? And we can objectively say that. Is their worth tied to them having to be beautiful? I I don't believe that. And I don't believe that our worth is tied to something within or outside of our control. Like innate genetic talents. Like being able to sing or being super athletic. And this is something that I've had to really, really work through and And realize as I've walked through with Nick, him having a disability which has taken away a lot of the things which are traditionally associated with manliness and values associated with men like strength and athleticism and, you know, being able to provide for your family and working outside of the home, like all of these things. And what I've had to come to is realizing that and Nick as well is that we just place so much value on those things and they can go in an instance and where are we left with that so instead instead what if we placed our identity on things that were deep and lasting that weren't dependent on our physical bodies withering away as they will with age That our worth was not in something that was mostly out of control like our innate talents. Beauty is fleeting. Physical ability can be taken away. But perseverance, patience, mercy, kindness, strength of character, the ability to keep going when things get tough, those kind of character traits are everlasting and they can become stronger and more powerful and more beautiful and deeper and impact more people the more that we pour into them. Those are the kind of things that no circumstance and no passage of time can take away. So what I've started to tell myself and what I've been telling myself that has helped me for quite a few years now is in these moments where I'm like, I I look down and I'm running. I'm like, man, I wish my thighs didn't rub together like this. Man, I wish that I wasn't so flippin' white and I wish that my skin was smoother and I wish that my legs were leaner. And instead, I'm flipping that and I'm going, I'm so grateful for the ability and the gift it is to run because I know that that is something that could be, that is not a given. It is not a right that I have. And there are so many people that do not have that privilege. I am grateful for that ability first and foremost, but more importantly, I'm going to focus on the fact that right now I am exercising perseverance. I am cultivating something that is lasting and important, that I want to impart to my children, that I want to see them, to, I want to grow in them, that I want to be my legacy, that I'm able to do hard things, I'm able to push through, I'm able to experience that fleeting pain and, and push through it for something that I value and that that's really what I'm doing here. It's not just about how I look. 
that even if I, I really don't look great today, and even if I'm 40 pounds heavier, even if I'm not where I want to be in terms of my body, even if I don't have as much money as I want to have, if I don't live in the house that I want to live in, if I don't drive the car that has the status or have the clothes that I want or the friends or whatever it is, all of these things that uh, or even, even just the talents, like the ability to dance. I'm so flippin' unco. I can't dance. <laughs> I hate I hate it. I wish I had a bit more coordination. I see people who can do it and I'm like, that's amazing. But what if I instead was like, I'm going to focus on things that are character-based, vir- virtues that I can cultivate, and things that are lasting. And just to kind of bring this home, and you might not agree with me, that's fine. I this helps me. If it doesn't help you, then you go you go do you. But something that I've I, is a funny kind of little thing that makes this more real to me is when I watch the show Friends. And those though they that cast is beautiful, especially the girls. Like I mean, the guys are all right. But the women in that show are uh, they're beautiful. This they are young. Their skin is super clear. They're beautiful. Like everyone knows they they look amazing. And then you look at them in the and I haven't seen it, but I know, I I know what they look like now, and they are older. They have wrinkles. They have loose skin, and there's been a lot of work that has been done to try and stop that passage of time. But that is inevitable. <laughs> and I look at that and I'm like. Imagine what it would feel like to get to that age. And I'm not saying this about the actresses in in it. But I I put myself in those shoes and I'm like, imagine if my value was so, so tied to just how I looked. And I got to 40, I got to 35 or whatever. And I'm starting to get wrinkles. I'm starting to get gray hair. And I know a lot of people listening are in this boat right now. And if that's the only thing that I've been developing over that time is my skincare routine and my abs, then like I'm pretty lacking (laughs) because there are things so much more important of that. So we need to not have beauty as this idea of our worth as women or our, our, at least it can't be our only commodity. There are things that are so much more important than that. There are things that you can cultivate that are so much more important than how you look right now that you can value today regardless of how much you weigh or how good you look or how old you are. My dedication, the care that I have for myself, putting vegetables in my body when I don't want to, uh, compassion, joy, cultivating gratefulness, perseverance. Those are things that I really want to focus on right now. They are traits that I want my kids to see me uh, really valuing today in this moment, even if I don't feel beautiful and even if I'm not. Because at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because I'm going to be probably getting uglier as I age anyway. At some point, I'm going to be bones in the ground, dead. And the only thing that's going to be left over is who I was in terms of the character that I left behind. So that's just some ideas that have helped me not valuing things that are just not placing so much value on things that are so fleeting and shallow. Number four 
in terms of how to win every day and succeed every day and enjoy and appreciate this journey is to create meaning in today not just in reaching your goals this concept comes from Brené Brown's book which is The Gift of Imperfection which I recently read a uh, shout out to Kimberly, you know who you are, amazing Lena Plants woman who put me onto this book. And one of the things she talks about is having a meaning list rather than a dream list. So your dream list is probably things like your dream house, your dream car, uh, being financially free, retiring at, I don't know, whatever age, 40, some people want to retire at 40 having the dream body and the dream clothes it's all of these things that when I get to there then I'll be happy it's a a a happiness or a a gratefulness or a meaning that is only going to happen when all these things that are in the future are fulfilled so what she poses is instead of having a dream list have a meaningful list and these are things that give your life meaning and joy today rather than the things that you have to accomplish to be happy and for me I just think about well what kind of things do I want to do on a day-to-day basis that give my life meaning even if I'm not at my goal yet I can be working towards that and we do that by having action goals rather than outcome goals but what are the things that bring me meaning I I think it's things like spending time with my kids, spending time with my husband, laughing with him, having a coffee in the morning. It's a small thing, but it gives my life a lot of meaning. Prayer and reading my Bible, hanging out with people who uplift me and who inspire me, connecting with friends, making time for exercise and eating foods that nourish my body having some time to read, like reading books, like this is a huge one for me, creating content, being able to share this message with you, which is so much more than just weight loss, it's really building habits and building gratefulness and building contentment and becoming the kind of people that we want to be, like this stuff is so meaningful to me and even if I'm not there yet, I can cultivate meaning in my life today, I can win today by having that kind of list of things that give me that sense of joy, that sense of meaning, even if I'm not reaching my dreams yet. And all of these things, ultimately, it boils down to this idea of having contentment in the day-to-day, having joy, having appreciation, seeing our lives in the context that we are getting older and closer to death every single day. That is the reality. That should give us not fear, but appreciation for what we have and the privilege that we have to be alive. That in amongst the hard and the the messy and the uncomfortable and the pain, that there is so much goodness that we can be grateful for if we focus on that. And if we choose to see that and give our lives meaning that is so much more than just these dreams that we want to accomplish. And this is the dance. This is the dance of walking between who you are right now 
and then who you want to be in the future. And I believe that you can have both. I believe you can be working towards that improved version of yourself, that best version of yourself, that person. You can be bridging that gap on a day-to-day basis while still enjoying the process. I don't think it's easy. I think that it's uncomfortable. And I think that it's something that we're always going to be working on, even with this. We're not ever going to be there. We don't arrive, but we can dance. We can choose to make this something that is valuable, important to us. Because ultimately, if we're not doing this dance between appreciation and gratefulness and joy today and striving towards becoming in the future, then the stakes are just too high for us not to value this. We never get there. We only move that goalpost. We're just moving the goalpost. We're just climbing higher up the mountain. So we never get there. So we have to appreciate that. We are never done. So we have to start living and being grateful for today. Ultimately, at some point, it's going to be too late. We don't get do-overs with this. Our lives are so short. They are so fleeting. They are so beautiful. They are so painful. So let's appreciate all of that as we try and do this well, as we try and do it with appreciation and not just living in the future or the, or the past. Like there's this, there's this beautiful phrase and I'm going to find it so I can read it word for word. So the quote is, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you're at peace, you are living in the present. So that's how we're going to finish this episode. I hope that you found this useful and valuable and that you can start applying some of these things uh, to your own life and maybe have a little bit of a mindset shift around some of this and keep on pressing on. It's not easy, but it is so worth it. Um, And I will see you next week for another episode. If you enjoyed it, then please consider giving me a podcast review. It really makes my heart jump and leap with happiness when I see the reviews come through and that this little rambling session that I do every week has had meaning for you and helped your life. And it also helps to let the podcast gods know that this is a good podcast and that they should promote it more so that more people can get this message. You can also DM me. I love getting DMs about the podcast as well because I feel like this is the most intimate medium that we have and... It's, I just feel so grateful that you're here. So thank you so much for your attention uh, and for listening in. And I, this really is goodbye. All right. Until next week.